And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Plus minus. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! Tim Kawakami deserves all the credit there. <laughs> Plus minus. Curry driving again. Tell Marcus that he asked you know, that question about my defense. You hear that, Marcus? Anthony, you know me well, buddy. Y'all have a great night. I think you got the highest plus minus in the season in NBA history. Hello and welcome to a Memphis edition of the Warriors All-82 podcast. A series-extending edition. Marcus Thompson is with me in the Memphis press room hours after... The worst playoff loss of the Kerr era, I would say. Steve Kerr not even on the sidelines again tonight. I wouldn't expect him to be on the sidelines in game six, but uh, they lose by 39. They were down by, what, 55 at one point? 55 was the most I saw. I thought it was going to get to 60. It was bad. Moses Moody helped it not get to 60. They pulled the starters down 41 with seven minutes left in the third quarter. Wow. Yeah, that's... That's that's a disaster. And it, the crazy part is it wasn't from the beginning. Like, it really happened with, like, a minute left. It began with, like, a minute left in the first quarter. Like, so it wasn't even like it was an onslaught from the beginning. They they flipped that switch and just, man, they just boat raced the Warriors, who didn't look to be very interested in stopping it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, 22 turnovers is probably the worst stat for them tonight. Um, and you mentioned that end of the first quarter. It was like a one-point game with like 130 or so left in the first quarter. And the turnovers are really bad in that stretch where it's Steph's bringing the ball up the court. He's putting his mouth guard in while throwing a pass. Gets picked off. Melton three. Uh, that, that end of the first quarter sequence where Jordan Poole just throws a terrible bounce pass in traffic. And then after they pick it off, he just goes over and Euro fouls, you know, takes the transition foul while they're in the bonus. Gives the Grizzlies two free throws free throws at the end of the quarter uh and then you know yes it was it, it it was kind of a blowout after that but actually you know there was a moment it's it's about five minutes left in the second quarter mike brown had gone defense first by going to the looney draymond front court and they had they had a little momentum building down 11 got a rebound can cut it now to single digits with four minutes left in the first half um, and then they that was the play where Steph hit Draymond with a bounce pass, and he just straight up dropped it. He, he just lost it. I don't even know what happened. Yeah, and then so if he catches that, he's got a pretty advantageous situation where it should be a layup and it should be nine at that point. Instead, Melton just picks up the drop, just an easy drop in his hands, hits a three, it's 14. They come down, another turnover, another bad turnover, it's 16. They come down, and Draymond, it's when he threw the ball out of bounds, eventually an and one is 19 that is when the game ends yeah and they to me there was just a part where it was time to say all right let's get serious let's knuckle down and and they went the other way right they went the the like 
hey, nothing is working, so let's kind of feed it, right? Like, even the play where he threw it out of bounds, like, you can't see, you can't even see Steph the way they were regarding him. Like, you can't see him, so it's not like you could even read what was happening. He just kind of threw it, hoping Steph would cut. It's like, that's not the play you need right there. Oh, like It's almost one of those, like, protest pass he makes where it's like, I think you should be doing this. Yeah. You're not doing this. Well, look, I'm throwing it over there because yeah. that's where you should be. But also the other problem, and I, I put two screenshots in the story I did really looking at, at the issue, and that's the moment where Looney and Draymond are on the floor together, and they had purposely, like all series, had not put them together because they thought they'd have spacing issues. Memphis, once they did, and you know, I, I got it at the time. Why? Because they couldn't rebound. They couldn't defend. Okay, let's try something. But Memphis went so, like, they sagged, They had Jaron Jackson guard and Draymond Green. He's sagging way off, obviously. And then Adams was ignoring Looney. He was sitting in the paint. And, and, you know, you look at the screenshot of the play we're talking about. I mean, Adams is, even if you could get that pass through, Adams is sitting right there, and it's an immediate double team. Looney's on the wing by himself. So the spacing issue is a problem now. I don't think we're going to see the full Looney Draymond lineups very much in game six, or maybe not at all. But the Draymond offensive issue is increasing. Yeah, and you know what? I'm putting this on the Warriors coaching. Like, they're trying to force their system to work against the Grizzlies, who, but, but it actually feeds the Grizzlies. Like, they're, saying, they're basically saying, hey, you guys need to be different. Be different than who you've been all year. It's like, this is who they are. They turn the ball over. They make rope passes. It's part of it. And Memphis is jumping it. They're doing absolutely no isolation. Like, none. It's five passes every time. And they're telling, letting Draymond run the point. Like, while and letting them sag off. To me, they, they've got to switch it up. They've got to say, listen... We're going to do it a different way. We're going to attack them a different way and do it from the beginning, right? Not Don't wait till you're down. This is what they keep doing. And, and I understand the first, what, five games they got down and they managed to, like, stave it off and, and make it a game or take the lead. And it felt like, you know, they were like, yeah, we're just going to do that again, right? They're going to get off to a hot start. We're going to do that again. But then it didn't work. And I do think this, this Memphis lineup presents some problems, right? They're essentially the only thing that's open is mid-range. Uh, they, they got the two guys at the rim. Like, there are some plays where Jaron Jackson is just running from wherever he is to block the shot at the rim. Like, so they, they don't even drive. They, like, drive, but they're not looking to shoot or anything. And then, you know, obviously they're pressing up on a three, so the mid-range is open. But in that situation, they're just like, hey, keep running our offense. <laughs> it's like, no, you can't do that. Not, not against this team. You're, you're, you're essentially feeding them. You're telling Jordan Poole, you're telling Draymond, you're telling Steph Curry to, all right, we need you to not make any risky passes or make any mistakes. This just ain't going to happen. That's not who they are. Draymond, 24 points and 20 turnovers in this series total. Yeah, that's rough. But, you know, the uh, there was a part in this game where early I thought he was he played it really well. Adams is sagging back off of him, and he at least got in closer, right? He, he had a floater. He had a floater, but then he got in the in the lane and made the pass. Instead of making the pass from 30 feet out, he ate up some of that gap, and now he forced the defense to react because he's at the dotted line, and then he can make a pass. 
But to me, it's just a bad strategy to the point, Draymond. It's just a bad strategy. Uh, it, so there's somewhat of an issue, though, like because Draymond, as the stationary corner shooter, is not great screen. either. He's a screener. He's the best screener. Let him let him set just, the screen. Just high screen. Yeah, high screen. You don't you don't want to you don't want seven passes on this team. To me, every pass is an opportunity for the Grizzlies to do what they do. Like that's how I look at it. I mean, I know I sound like Katie a little bit, but it's like <laughs> all you're doing is moving the ball for the sake of moving the ball. And they're preying on it. And you need all five guys to be on point and locked in and, and, and strong with the ball and efficient with the cuts, right, to to make it all work. It's just a lot. It's just in, in all of that, if you take away their opportunities to get steals, you kind of take out the lifeblood of their defense. And the reason, the way to do that is just screen or even ISO. Just go ISO. So... If you really look at them offensively in this series, Clay, who who shot it pretty well tonight, and obviously did in the game three blowout, and in the other few games has shot it really inefficiently. Steph Curry is, you know, I think he's thirty two ish percent from three. Um, hasn't had a huge game. Five threes is the most he's hit in a game. I mean, he just hasn't exploded, and a lot of that is the way they're playing him. But they've been good, particularly you can remember game one when Jordan Poole just really got going. I mean, he scores 31 in game one, 20 in game two, 27 in game three. Um, but this, it, you know, it's, it's playing out very similarly to the Denver series where he was spectacular in games one, two, three, 30, 29, 27. Denver adjusted to him, got physical, Aaron Gordon, whatever. He was really bad in four and five, 11 and eight, three of 10 shooting both nights. Well, in this Memphis series, he gets 14 points and four turnovers in game four on four of 12 shooting. He was bad. Tonight was his worst game of the playoffs by far. His, this is his worst game, like, in months. Three points, one of six shooting, four turnovers, completely out of it. I mean, he's, he got hit in the head by a ball at one point, crunched by a screen. He's, like, blinking with one eye half the time. And, um, you know, you talk to some people that are, curious, you know, wondering, hey, you know, maybe the Ja Morant situation and, and, and what happened, because that happened between games three and four. If that throttled him a bit and it has shooken him up, I mean, it's not like he's being blamed. He wasn't even getting booed in the arena tonight, so I don't think it's some crazy thing. But maybe that changed the series a little bit for him. But that has been – he's stunk tonight. And, like, if he stinks, that they don't have – like, he is their offensive answer, right? He's why we suddenly think they thought they could be a title contender because he was elevating his game so much. And, like, that has disappeared the last couple of games. And then you throw him and Draymond in the big seed. Now you got him, you got two of the four key players not playing well. So that's just kind of unbearable. Uh, but I'll, I I do kind of also attribute that to the attack. It's like, you know, the first three games, like he's blowing by Tyus Jones every time. And now, they're like Tyus Jones doesn't have to do anything. And it's a big part of it is because even if you blow by him, you're facing you know, Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson. So they got to figure out a way to get those dudes on an island again and still somehow be able to attack the rim because they can't just – unless they just get hot from three. But that's the thing we're not seeing. We've seen Grizzlies get hot from three. We have not seen the Warriors kind of go crazy from three. Like, was it 18 threes tonight from Memphis? You know, the Warriors seem to top out at 13-14 at not the greatest efficiency. So – they could really use one of them games where they go crazy from three. That's kind of the way you loosen up. But otherwise, it's like, man, tough, 
tough twos, and I don't know if Jordan Poole is a tough two yet against strong defense. Yeah, I mean, he can be when he's really aggressive to the rim, and you know he's getting those quick uh, you know, up and under layups and stuff like that. I mean, he had a nice dunking game three. I don't know. He just seems mentally like a little bit discombobulated. Flustered. Yeah, he's very flustered. Uh, he that was a look like a point. He got crunched on the screen. It looked like he was asking to come out. Like he put his hand up. He did. That was after he had just gotten yeah. uh, Otto Porter. Just I think it no, it was Zaire Williams threw a pass that just hit him like in the eye, and he was just he spent the rest of the game just like kind of blinking with one eye. Yeah, to, to he just seemed a bit. He he was definitely out of it. But you know what, man? These dudes haven't been through this before, right? Like some of these guys on this team, they haven't been through this before, and I just think that's more important now. Like I think it matters. I know we're like Steph, Clay, Draymond, but they don't have that peak in them every game like they used to. So now those other guys start mattering a lot, you know. And I do think this is a bad matchup for them. This is a tough matchup. They got a guy they can they can put somebody they can do what they do to Steph and put somebody on Jordan Poole and still have a guy for Clay Thompson. Not a lot of teams can do that, so it's a tough matchup. But well, it it gets tougher. On the offensive side for them when Jaw's out, yes. you know, and we saw in game four where Memphis missed Ja Morant, which was down the stretch, you know, when, when he's basically walked them to wins with just his, that's what he did in game two, it's why Memphis won game two, but without Ja Morant over the course of 48 minutes, it is much tougher for the Warriors to score, they scored 94 point, 95 points tonight, what did, what did they finish game uh 101. 101, and it was like, you know. And it was like a big fourth quarter to save them, like 39 points in the fourth quarter. So they just don't have those, like, smaller areas to attack. Now, while they weren't dragging Ja Moran into isolation and hunting him, it was like Wiggins, you know, would get a duck in post up. Somebody would get an offensive rebound because they slipped by Ja. There just wasn't as much of a fortress behind him. And they weren't playing Steven Adams, right? Once John Morant left, they said, let's just lean into, like, big bully ball defense. And it is working. But there, like you said, there's also ways to combat it, even if it's against the Steve Kerr ethos without Steve Kerr even in the building. I know. You know, the other part is they've got to figure out is, like, Memphis starts every game on fire, and they get behind every game. So it's like they kind of got to do something about that. They keep – Saying, oh, Jaron Jackson, go ahead, take all them threes. And, and he's hitting those things. <laughs> and then the way Bain looked tonight, like he looked like he had a shot of something because he, he was looking like himself. So. And he said postgame he's feel, starting to feel like himself. Uh, that's a concern for the Warriors. Yeah, that's a big concern for the Warriors. So it, it, there's definitely uh, – they they just can't be okay with getting down double digits to, to start a game, right? They, and they start the game in the same kind of passive aggressive way. Meanwhile, Memphis is like going at them to start. They got all this energy and all this hype, and the Warriors are just banking on. Oh, eventually you'll come back to earth. Well, you know what tells us that the most? They keep trying Jonathan Kaminga as a starter. That's yeah. three straight games. That lineup, I believe, it's like minus twenty one in the series total. Um, they've gotten down big right away with Kaminga starting. Now, both of Kaminga's previous starts. They went to Otto Porter to start the second half. Tonight, Otto Porter can't play in the second half because of right foot soreness. I'm kind of believing that was like, hey, we're down by so much. Rest them. We'll see. I mean, yeah. his status, I'd say, at this point, I guess, is up in the air for game six. But they didn't even go back to Kaminga. They tried Bielitsa in the second half. Maybe they try some Bielitsa in game six. I don't know. 
But I don't, at this point, think it should be Kaminga. And I don't even really think it's Kaminga's fault, but, like, that lineup's not working. It's clearly not working. Whatever it is, who, don't matter whose fault it is, it doesn't work. Uh, and, you know, it makes sense. Like, I get it, theoretically, why Kaminga would work. You need somebody who can punish the rim. And I, I do think if Kaminga was playing a certain with a certain mindset, it, it could work. But we aren't seeing him going in trying to dunk it on people, right? We're seeing him... He really want to take that three, but he keeps like talking himself out of it. But he, re- but they need if he's gonna be in, he's got to be that guy to put pressure on the rim. And even when he gets inside, they're they, they're taking fadeaways. They're getting to a point, they're turning and they're fading away from contact instead of going to it. And he can't be that guy. And you know, especially with defensively, what what he's costing them. So yeah, to me, they just. Who would you start in game six in that fifth spot? Otto Porter, if he's available. If Otto Porter's not available, who would you start? Oh, that, yeah, now, now you're getting tough at this point. Uh, I'd probably start Jordan Poole. We'll be right back after a quick word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife, Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. I might start Jordan Poole regardless and like, you know, have a long off day conversations, which I'm sure they're going to have about the need to go get this game. But I mean, I... It's risky, obviously, against the big lineup, but if you offensively attack in more of a high screen type of way. If they go high screen, if they like saying, we're, we're done with this on the perimeter pass in motion offense, we're going at dudes, then I'll say start Jordan Poole. But if they're not doing that, <laughs> if they're not doing that, I'm like, yeah. You know, they, I guess. I might be making a mistake of overreacting to how they got pounded on the boards, right? They did compete well on the boards in game. Uh, They've won the rebounding battle every game until tonight. But against, like, the big lineup, they did compete well. Tonight they just got obliterated. Well, that's Porter, right? Yeah, Yeah. but that's what I was thinking. You want Otto Porter in there because 
you need somebody in there like competing for the boards. But to me, that yeah, the issue is how do they score against this defense? To me, that's a big issue. So that that does suggest throw a pool out there, but pool just hasn't been good. Like so, you know. In theory, but, it's fine, but he's kind of got to play well. Yeah, but to me, like he, they are not going to certainly not win the next series. They're not a title threat if like you get bad Jordan Poole. So they just got to, I think, hope they get good Jordan Poole because Jordan Poole, good Jordan Poole is like their second best player. Like yeah. it's just what he has been. If they get bad Jordan Poole, they're in trouble regardless. I'm just saying your ceiling on the pool lineup is much higher than some of the other options. Yeah, I agree with that. And and also, like, you're right. Some of it is, too, you got to figure out how to work through bad performances. You know, like, that that's a big part of it. Uh, you know, how, the question isn't, like, do you get good pool? The question is, how do you create good pool? Like, how do you put him in position to where he can be that dude? Uh, like, Tyus Jones just can't guard him, period. He can't guard him. So... There's a matchup you can take advantage of. I do feel like they just they got to switch up their offense a little bit. But but what does that do for their defense is the real question because they are going at Jordan Poole like they they see him out there. He's got a, he's got a target. On his Kyle back. Anderson is oh, like man. he really he's come on like oh, let me ISO against Poole. He's just trying to get the switch on the pool and then go at him. It's like when you got Kyle Anderson feeling like feeling himself off feeling froggy on you. Oh yeah yeah. He looks pretty good against Jordan Poole, too, though. Anything else from this game? Oh, man, there was so much. So much from this game. Uh, what do you think of this? This a little bit crazy. I know it's um, I know it's garbage time, but did not Moses Moody look like he got some, some of the traits you want? I'm not talking about 20 minutes, but. Yes, he does. I mean, it could be the Damian Lee minutes, theoretically. I mean, very similar position size you know game really um but i just it's probably too late in this uh experience to just suddenly be like moses moody who you've been an active for two months Man, he 19 he good young young legs they went to be elites at it i um sure but to me the, moses moody has already hit the check mark you wanted as his rookie season i'm like you know what moving forward this is a guy who can help I just can't imagine game six, Moses Moody's oh, in the rotation. Yeah, that's a wild thought, right? Yeah, Moses, get out here in the game. We got to win. I was just thinking, like, you're going to have to deal with Bane. You know. And- that's Clay. And, like, you know who, like, Draymond's credited Steph for, for playing Bane well defensively in the series. Like, to me, it comes down to the stars. Draymond Green has to play much better, has to be much more careful with the ball, has to exploit – you know, their defensive strategy against him. Clay Thompson might need to summon game six, Clay. By the way, it is a game six. Uh, and then Steph Curry's just got to have a good shooting night. Yeah, and Poole's obviously got to play. Well, Steph's got to be more aggressive, right? He can't. He just spends the first few minutes of the game, like, running the offense. He's got to He's got to be more aggressive to start the game. He's got to attack to start the game. He's got to see Steven Adams out there and say, okay, let's go. And they got down, and then he started. All right, let me let me take some shots here. But that needs to be his mindset from the beginning. He still has not one time just taken Dylan Brooks off the dribble. I think you can do it. I don't think Dylan Brooks is Drew Holiday by any means. I feel like if you do that and get this dude in foul trouble, or even get him 
into this mindset of, oh, my gosh, I can't let Steph Curry beat me, you're already in their heads from the beginning. Just take that, dude. Yeah. Some of it is that. Hit a shot on them early and be like, bet you can't answer, you know DB. <laughs> to me, that's what they just kind of let him off the hook by not actually ever attacking him. Uh, you know, there, there was like there was one possession. I think it was Jordan Poole who had Steven Adams out on him or something like that. And they were and they forced the pass down the to Draymond down low. And it's like wh- it, it's not even in their mind. Like if this dude is on you, cook him. They don't. They're not even thinking that. They're thinking, oh well, this means the paint is open. Let me dump it down. It's just a weird philosophy to have. To me, it would be like all right, all game. Steven Adams, let's go. Come out here. Get out here now from the beginning. <laughs> it's it's funny. I watched. I was watching 2016 Thunder Warriors for a few reasons, but um, I was actually looking at, like, Westbrook defensive tape. But within that, um, I was watching some of Steph's threes, big threes in that series, and they're with Steven Adams on an island. And this is a younger, bouncier Steven Adams, and he, like – of Steven Adams that's much more capable than the current version of, like, actually sticking with him on the perimeter – He's just getting a little – and, you know, it's a faster Steph Curry, too. Shift to your Steph Curry, I'm going to be honest. No you're, you're, no but it's like that's how they won that Thunder series those last couple games was, you know, he he just in key moments just got step back threes and or drives by Steven Adams. I mean, yeah, I just think they need to do that more. Uh, the only time they really do ISO is when they're posting up Wiggins, which is uh, to me – it's to me it is a – strategic error that but it's clear with this team you kind of need all of that to be in line right you gotta you gotta have all of that but I I, I definitely agree with your assessment if Steph has a big game if Clay has a big game if Draymond plays really well they win that's just cool too right he can be roped into that meanwhile Andrew Wiggins just gonna be Andrew Wiggins I'm sorry um what'd you think of the way I guess the the vibe of the Warriors postgame, particularly Draymond Green. Obviously, he has a situation where they're singing Whoop That Trick and he's dancing with the crowd. And then postgame almost had, I don't want to say happy, but it wasn't happy, but it was like an unbothered press conference by him where he's basically, you know, saying can't be front runners. You know, I don't know. Which is what did you just think of, in general, the team's mood postgame after really the worst loss they've ever experienced in the playoffs? I, I think there's some intelligence to it. Um, if they lose this game by 15, then we're just saying, oh, Memphis holds on to their home court, right? Like, I mean, Denver did it, right? They had a chance to eliminate them, mm-hmm. and they forced it. Uh, there's there's something, like, kind of normal about the fact that Memphis won this game. But it was more about how they won that was so alarming. So it makes sense for them to treat this like they lost by 15. Uh, with that said, uh, you know, you, you kind of talk that like it, it, doesn't, it only matters. It only matters if he doesn't go out and play well in game six. They go out and ball out in game six in the series. And it's like, yeah, we let them have their moment. I, I it do, turns into like, remember that wild game yeah, five? Yeah, that's that kind of crazy. <laughs> that's what it turned out to. Yeah. To me, I, I do think and this is the part that like I wrote about. There, we just kind of conflate this team with the championship teams, and you can see they have that mindset. Oh, we're just gonna go win Game Six, and I'm like, but will you? <laughs> will you just go win it? 
Because then you you don't do that. Now that looks crazy that you were out here. Like, yeah. well, you know what I'm saying? So it, it, it really it really only matters if they don't win game six. Then they could play the whole, we knew what was up from the beginning, right? This was nothing. You don't doubt it? Yeah, yeah, they can do that, which they absolutely will if they do win game six because I just wrote about that. <laughs> but also as a team that has blown a 3-1 lead and knows the – embarrassment of that and also the just how much it, that story gets retold and how much it can sting like you know that's if this they theoretically did blow this series like that's a that's a memorable moment they within it never hear the end of it they don't hear the end of the first three one can you imagine losing three one to this team with no job right yeah with, uh, with this team oh man they they would never let them hear the end of it so yeah, I mean, all of that aside, Memphis is a tough matchup. Like, we we kind of They forced the most turnovers in the NBA. Yeah. And the Warriors, even in their wins this series, have just been tossing it around the gym. But tonight's were particularly bad. You know, I watched the 22 turnovers. I mean, they are just so careless. Yeah, that, that that's rattled, though. They were they were shook. They They got rattled. They got out the moment. And I do feel like, I mean, Draymond's been like this all series, so it's not even like rattled. He's just not been playing well. I feel like Jordan got rattled and got out of himself. Uh, to me, that was the part. And, you know, I don't know if it's Mike or Steve doesn't do it either, but they're just, they're, they have so much comfort and security in their offense. But it's like, man, dude, you could you could feel the vibe. It's time to put the ball into somebody's hands. <laughs> and it's not one of those two, right? Like, they just don't kind of answer to those scenarios and moments. And it's like, hey, we're coming apart here. Let's let we're not we're not running point through Jordan Poole who can't get out of his own way right now. That's not what's happening. And that's what they do. To me, that's where you could see the lack of urgency and like they were just like, yo, hurry, we're down fourteen. All right, let's run the same set. George, you're at the top. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Mike Brown I think he didn't call his first time out, so they were down like twenty. <laughs> and Mike Brown's playoff history actually was, you know, with the Warriors a little bit different. Remember Utah? I can remember him just spamming KD against Gobert high screen, and Durant kept getting twelve foot jumpers, sixteen foot jumpers, walk up threes because Gobert like, was we're dropping. Not changing until they stop it. Yeah, that was his mindset, and that was that was a Mike Brown coach series, a sweep. Um, probably will be a Mike Brown coach game six, but you know, generally the strategy. Steve Kerr will be very much a part of the strategy in the lead up in these next forty eight hours. He's been in the coaches' meetings on Zoom. The only difference is he's not making like in game timeouts adjustments, blah blah blah. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think that seems to be what we both believe is kind of like the clear correction needed is just like offensive strategy, and they need the Grizzlies to not go crazy from three. Which, you know, you're probably going to see more of the Grizzlies offense you saw in game four when it's back in Chase Center, but they almost lost to that offense. Oh, yeah. So, all right, we'll talk to you Friday night, game six. Pretty big one.
As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.